I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? And we're back with another episode of Invasion of Body Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. Let's get to it. How are you doing, man? All right, all right, man. What's the crack? Um, I said I cut, we'd fucking do. We said what we we're going to do last week, and that was after we watched Sputnik. We said we we're going to go and watch the fly, the Dave Cronenberg classic, starring Jeff Goldblum and Gina Cheekbones Davis. Oh. Um, what did you think, man? You said I was, it's been a while since you've seen it, and it's the kind of movie that turns you off. Oh what yeah, yeah. I, like flies are my are, are the thing that crosses me out. But like if I see a fly touch something, there's no way that's that can that can that can even be you. I've even thrown out a plate. For having a fly, I hate them. I hate them. I hate. Them. But Cronenberg is such a daring director. I know he kind of has. People say like a lot of times like he only sticks to one thing, but I'm kind of like nobody else was doing what he was doing. Yeah, and he's so good at it. Yeah, they just let Cronenberg Cronenberg. Yeah, because he's a great storyteller. Yeah, I'm... and he's not afraid to go to the obscene. Yeah, and this is just another example of, of his genius. Yeah, because he's done like the movies like Eraserhead and um, Videodrome. Like his movies are always insanely grotesque, over the top, like kind of nearly carnage. But there's always like, he's the way he tells his stories is absolutely beautiful. Like we were talking a bit before he started recording with the fly and the way this story pans out. Like you know, it's he's kind of has this same love with his monsters as Guillermo del Toro. Um, yes. You know what I mean? Like he appreciates the monster and his real affection for his monsters. Yes. So he wants to convey them in a human way, even though they're monstrosities. Point, yeah. You know. And there is that always like you know some some films the monster is the monster yeah and the good guys are the good guys and that's fine uh but yeah no this film there is that that disconnect between the two or it's one becoming the other yeah and the gray between black and white kind of being where everything meets yeah. and, and a lot of these films are just shot in that gray video drawn bit an excellent example yeah with james woods uh, with james woods and absolute tour de force performance by james mm. woods i loved him in that film and uh, he's just uh, an awesome, sweet old man now that never, never ruffles any feathers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he, um, but yeah, I, again, this film just makes you feel for something completely grotesque because it, it's just that's the magic of the story. Yeah. Like if you walked in on this film, uh, like especially in the last thirty minutes, you walked in on this film, all you know is kill it with fire. Yeah. <laughs> kill it with fire. It's fire to killing it with fire. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah. all you know. But the storytelling, it just, it's, it, it talks about the lengths people yeah. go to in the pursuit of knowledge. Doesn't seem to be too much of a problem these days. I think humanity's overcome that one. Yeah. <laughs> go team. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's, there's levels to it. Yeah. And, and it doesn't have too many um, set pieces. It doesn't yeah. have too many scenes. It touches in a conference near the start. There's a bar. There's, uh, there's, but it's primarily in this, brilliant man's loft yeah and he's just got he's invented something that is an absolute game changer and it's just it's just it's just excellent story yeah it's, budget. it's like uh your age-old story it's like it's a new twist on an age-old story of like it's like we spoke about in the pre like in 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 spider fan segments and stuff that like it's about a genius that kind of gets wrapped up and lost in his own technology 
and 100%. you know what I mean and it happens a lot because oftentimes these like visionaries the first person to test on is themselves and oftentimes when the thing is not like in is not advanced as they, they perceive it to be that they're often the first victim of their own technology yes. you know that's that's the trope isn't it it's like uh you know victor frankenstein whatever we're not ready for human trials you yeah know, so if you don't do it now yeah no there is always that if not now when Push, kind of pushing the boundaries yeah pushing the boundaries mm. and uh the, and there's always that kind of like line where the two sides of that coin was without people like that we'd never get anywhere and you were yeah. saying that coin is of course it could be taken too far yeah exactly yeah so, and and so and, and jeff goldblum exhibits this and i know jeff goldblum is always jeff goldblum yeah Nicholas Cage is always Nicholas Cage. Yeah, like Jeff Goldblum was perfection. Oh, he's so film. good. Oh, I'm on the cast, and like aside from the point of that, him and Gina Davis have the same haircut in this movie, which is kind of <laughs> weird. <laughs> they were they were right about that baby. Yeah, <laughs> I can see why she's attracted to him because they look nearly identical. But like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I see a lot of you. I see a lot of you and me. Or no, I see a lot of myself and you. And he's probably like me too, baby. <laughs> I forget. Like they forget to actually have penetrative sex, just rubbing their fingers and <laughs> talking about flesh <laughs> or doing it Avatar style. Yeah, they just kind of tie it together. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think they use soul glow? <laughs> go let your soul glow <laughs> they just have to make yeah go into a room that has absolutely no support of fire whatsoever yeah like anytime they sit on a chair they just like they stand back up and it's the perfect outline of their head on the chair like, yeah you know I mean? two beautiful people oh man two in the prime of their life like jeff goldblum's aged like a fine wine oh he has yeah he's like 30 years older than me looks about five years younger than me yeah, you know yeah, I, mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean you know what it is though. Jeff Goldblum has a cheek to him. Yeah, like he's he's suave and demure, and you know he's 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 all that. But he has a cheek to so him. So likable. It's, it's a charm. Like so likable. Yeah. So likable. Yeah. He's one of those guys where you know if you swung that way, you'd swing that way. Yeah. You just, you just know, like of course. And even Jeff if you Goldberg, don't, like, he's going to talk. Even if you into don't, it. Yeah. it'd be rude. Not because he'd be just like, uh, life yeah. finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> It won't fit. It won't fit. It won't fit. Yeah. And just as right as he's about to come, he goes, "Be afraid. Be very afraid." <laughs> <laughs> Tagline to our movie. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to apologize before we jump into it. I'm going to apologize right now. Because I have, I have been lining up puns all. Day. <laughs> you know, I, I want to save the pest for later. <laughs> <but> <laughs> they're going to be coming at you. You know. Yeah. Be coming at you, but um, <laughs> let's see what all the buzz is about. Oh, this fucking guy, huh? Yeah, see, I'm sorry. I mean, this was a, just a, a poor choice of film. Uh, one because I, I watched a lot of it, like as in like a coward. Yeah, lot, but I literally looked staring at staring at my own hand and uh, reading a funny book about flies as you're watching. Yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then just like here, you know what? You can actually. People don't talk about this, but you can hear Cronenberg, Cronenberg. Yeah, Cronenberg's it's, it's actually not... in this movie. He plays the gynecologist. Is he the gynecologist? Yeah, I seen his name in the cast. I didn't know that before today. I'm not even going to lie. Like, oh, I watched this movie. Know that. Yeah, I just seen his name in the cast. Watch, awesome. watch it on Disney Plus. New star. Yeah, it yeah, seems like, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a strange superhero film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, well, would you say it's part of the MCU? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's uh, awful. I see that. I see that. No, this is what happens. Better. I got a fun night's sleep last night. 
It's exhausted doing Sputnik. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's jump, let's, let's jump into it. Right. I, I'm going to paint the scene and you, you can mm. tell. We've got a, a science conference and mm. it's like the who's who of the, the, the highest intellectual sphere. Yeah. And um, inside of it, we have, a, as you, you quite probably put, an attractive woman. Mm. So a man who actually talks to a girl at something yeah. like this. <laughs> probably, yeah. It was probably... But uh, he introduces himself to her. Yeah. So, no, what, what actually what happens is she's interviewing him. Yeah. Yeah. So she's interviewing him and she wants to talk to him about this new technology that he says he's got, that's going to change the world. But he's kind of like paranoid and he goes, I'm not going to tell you about my discoveries within earshot because like, they'd be eavesdropping um, of like, you know, a couple of hundred of the top scientists, like pretty much all his competitors or whatever. So he like Jeff Goldblum, Jeff Goldblum's like a motherfucker right now and goes, Hey, why don't you come back and scope out my laboratory? You know, it's about nine inches long, made of meat <laughs> and flesh. But you know what I mean? Like, so he like talks. It's my penis. Yeah. Yeah. Grundle dick. Grundle dick. Sorry. Grundle dick. I keep thinking these names Grundle for some reason. But um, so like yeah, he talks. She she says that she's gonna go and talk to someone else and give them questions and then. He like pretty much convinces her to come back to his, uh, you know, sexy time lab loft. And, yeah, well, uh, he plays on he plays on the fact that she is an invest, you know, a, a, yeah, whatever scientific investigative journalist. Like she does, yeah, she's looking. This for is what she does, and obviously she has. Well, she's not like a wasn't a woman of the sciences per se. She did have like more than an interest. Yeah, yeah, he, like she took hard. She was she was kind of excellent to her job and he was excellent to his yeah so they're both they're both set up as to kind of their, their paths were going to cross yeah exactly like so he's just kind of like pretty much a virtuoso undiscovered it's like do you know what would be the equivalent of it'd be like a journalist uh discovering mozart or something like this not like god you know not what I mean? short yeah but not short think about it it's, it's you know we, we live uh 35 years in the, the future and, yeah uh, we haven't you know scratch the surface of that technology somebody like that would be pro prodigious to say the least about like, exactly especially like because this movie is not set in the future it's set in the mid 80s that's the thing you like, know what yeah. i mean so yeah. this like shows how far advanced he is so he comes he gets her back to his loft and um which looks like you know a drug den or something it's fucking like the yeah. the, the, the the what's called the quality of um architecture and the, the buildings in this fucking like Cronenberg must have built this on the cheapest of budgets. Like he probably had to. I don't fight. know. You give that man a billion dollars, and he doesn't. He likes the dinge. Yeah, he probably had he doesn't to, like. It's it's not about people. They're never thriving. They just go from <laughs> plateau to worse. I, <laughs> you know? I just think though, in between takes, they were probably like wrestling uh, crackheads to get him off the set. Probably. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jeff, stop wrestling that crackhead. Yeah. <laughs> So like um yeah, he gets her back to his loft and she sees these uh devices. Well should she asks what's his great discovery? And uh, I think they're are they covered in towels or so or uh, are they covered down? I can't remember if they're covered down, but he there is a reveal. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking, like that he he pulls off like a blanket or a claw or something off them. And has a little bit of a yeah, the the, the flourish. Yeah. The ta yeah. And uh I tell you the the actual pods, they just look great. You know the way like some uh, kind of like blocky kind of future tech that they had in like mm. old Star Treks or old sci-fi. Blade just, uh, Yeah, now that we're in this kind of hyper-digital age, we realise it's not quite how it panned out. Yeah. Um, 
But this these pods look legit. They look like absolutely top line. They, you know, they would. They would actually. They look like um, very sleek, even by like, today's standards. Like space capsules. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do you know, like the re-entry pods and stuff that they use for exactly. like, space yeah. travel. That's what they kind of reminded me of, like, and um, because like the space race and all that probably would have, you know, was kind of over and stuff after then. But like, I'm sure Cronenberg took some inspiration from maybe the space pods or something like that because that's the most futuristic thing you could think of. Is like, you know what I mean? If this guy's supposed to be so advanced. The most futuristic thing you can think of is anything they use in space. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's but that's right though, isn't it? Because mm. all you all you can ever work in, and even now, like. We're, we're saying, like, like we have the hubris of sitting here in 2021 and yeah. talking about uh, something in a film, but we've absolutely no idea what something is going to look like. With the things that we think look excellent now in yeah. futuristic films, somebody for much, much further down the line could say the exact same thing. But the best thing to do in your time is what is the most bleeding edge, and that would be space tech. Yeah, you know what I mean. That would have been what are NASA using. Yeah. And what kind of designs can we get from there? Yeah. Exactly. Um, because he must have had some excellent people working with him, though. Yeah. And I, I want to give Cronenberg credit, but there, there was between the the, the 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 people who did this, the the hands-on effects and the actual prop masters, yeah, just uh, excellent. Prop masters, just excellent. Um, what I loved about it, like uh, in the credits, the first person's name that comes up is the guy who actually designed the flight. Didn't watch the credits. I know. I, 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 I literally logged off with the second I got got the film. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, no, yeah, that's really cool. That's actually that's yeah. actually news. I didn't know that because usually they go cast in in Orden's Yeah, order I think it was appearance. something Callis. I think his name was. Um, I'd probably have to go looking for it to be honest with you. But um, but anyway, he he uh, he he touts the technology, and he tells her that he's already been able to transfer matter, but not living matter. Because she thinks they're t- to, uh, telephone boots, futuristic telephone boots, are uh, first. Yeah. Telephone. Yeah, that's something yeah. weird. And he's, he said, uh, yeah, he's able to transfer matter, but not, not living tissue. And I, I, I think that really fine layer. He's doing experiments with steaks and stuff. It's just anything, anything that's that's made of actual living tissue or was made of living tissue. Just, just no bueno. And uh, he is this is our baboon. No, friend this is what he here? says to her. Um, Give me something that is completely unique to you. Give me a piece of clothing, jewelry, something that's completely unique to you. So and she's like, why? You give her that yeah, gorgeous and, uh, smile. He, she was like, um, why? And he he just said that he wanted to show or prove to her what the technology was all about. So she slipped off a sock because she is a sex goddess. And um, like you know, she's like, I don't wear jewelry. Is like legend. And um, so she hands him the sock and he puts it in telepo- uh, into the telepod. That's what he calls them, telepod one. And and then it, you know he runs the sequence to his computer. And it goes out and telepod too. And this is where he shows her his like proof of concept. You know, he shows her what the technology can actually do. She thinks it's like a hologram or some shit. And he goes, no, it's, you know, it's your sock or whatever. And I think he hands it to her. And this is when she gets really excited because she understands that this technology is groundbreaking. And that she has the scoop. Yeah, that's the main thing. That's the main, because she knows yeah. this is her Nobel Prize. Not... Not just Jeff oh, Goldblum's, not just uh, Seth Grun- uh, Brundle's. It's like her Nobel Prize as well. Like you know what I mean? Oh yeah, this would have been like imagine like you know how many people got rich off something like the iPad. This is leagues beyond that. So I need like she knew the the ground floor of this. Not necessarily like that she was an investor or something. But this this is the make or break. This is the thing that's on her headstone. This her surname is, is a minefield. Her name is Veronica. 
I, I, I want. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, don't. I, I, I know. I, I read it. Don't. Yeah. Just, just yeah. leave, Veronica. Ronnie, Ronnie. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much, um, anyone on IMDb, the character surname, you can see why uh, it's a bit of a minefield. But <laughs> it's all you. It's all you. Um. So yeah. So yeah. Veronica is like she's not only like fascinated by the the groundbreaking aspect. This technology is like you said. It's this is her chance to make herself internationally famous as well like you know so a deal yeah. is struck and it's a very simple one and an easy one to honor really and that is um do not print anything mm. she's found out until you know such a day as and she gets exclusive mm. she gets the one-stop shop and that is just a deal uh, if you were in her job you pull the person's arm off the hands out that deal to you you just would um so yeah so she's absolutely right through the strike up there's a little bit like there's sparks between they have sex the first away. night that would be the sparks but he's flirting with her at the conference yeah. you know it's just like a lot of people here say that yeah, yeah. they're lying it's <laughs> you know, the though, man it's like you know she's probably never been spoken to by like you know a dude at one of these conferences properly I'm, ever yeah. so you know i mean she's super hot woman like you know what i mean like in the prime of her life and like yeah no i have to say i i am a man of a certain age now and gina davis was just yeah oh, I, I was so with her. it's a pity because the way her career went we missed out on probably 10 15 good years of gina davis on camera but yeah, they have, they have they have sex on the first night, which actually, uh, you know, is kind yeah. of a plot plot. Well, she did as, say he was know, like, he was cute so. or something like you know what I mean because you know he looks identical yeah. to her nearly. So you know what I mean. Like, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the whole thing you attract the people that you see a similar uh, similar uh, similarity to yourself within. So whether that be on a personality level or physicality level, like tend we tend to get attracted to people that we see a lot of ourselves in. You know. Um, so that's probably like quad like it's crazy how much they do look alike in a sense <laughs> because that fucking hair man. Yeah. But like yeah, it's just nineteen eighties, like and I think she was just like besotted by his brilliance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and he's yeah, kind of Jeff Goldblum is. Like Annie's Jeff Goldblum is. So what's next? She um this they're in a relationship. Yeah, kind of this now. is where it like literally yeah. the story goes to, as you mentioned, their exclusivity deal. Like she is going to document the as he as he described he described it, you document me from now to the finish, and by the end I will teleport myself fifteen feet across the room, and you know, mm. and then you'll have your book or whatever. You know what I mean? And the implication there is that fifteen feet and um, ten thousand miles are exactly yeah the same exactly. Thing. Because it's all about the science. You know, like, I mean, it's not about the distance. It's all about the science. Obviously, you would want the starting point and the finishing you, point for the scientific process to be in this. Yeah. It's right there. Um, but if he could do that there, because it's literally just transferring yeah. matter at the speed of light. It's all about teaching the computer how to do the maths that's required, you know, to yeah. transfer uh, flesh, human living tissue from one pod to another. Yeah, which... Just yeah. brilliant. <laughs> but um, yeah. So, like, do you want to remember? Do you remember why he invents the tele the teleportation system? Because he suffers some motion sickness and he doesn't like traveling. Weak sauce, David Cronenberg. Yeah. Weak sauce. <laughs> well, I think then I felt really bad. Take a dream, I mean. He turned a baboon into yeah. a nuba, and that wasn't. 
A kebaboon. Uh, uh, no, a new bag. <laughs> so this is where this is where he figures <laughs> out that there's a. Why uh, a baboon? <laughs> And he seems to be really effective with these baboons. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, like me like, practicing on my, my dog. Really? <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Like, yeah. But like, like the, you know, like after us dolphins or whatever, like one of the most intelligent, emotionally available creatures on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I've got. Not, not yeah. an orange <laughs> or something like that, which has, you know, living yeah. cells and stuff. You build no, up from the there. Flesh, no, train, train. flesh. The, the flesh. flesh, well, actual flesh. Well, yeah, yeah, because he used steaks. Yeah. So as you but, said, um, he, he turns his poor baboon pet, his friend, inside out, and this is when he and this is where he, he realizes there's still an issue with the sequencing in terms of transferring living tissue from tele, telepod one to telepod two. So like this is where he tries to figure it out, figure it out, and what better way to figure out something to come to an epiphany is by having copious amounts of sex with Gina Davis. Like it's. it's I mean, the man yeah. is a genius. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, pretty yeah. much. Who are we? <laughs> He's a genius. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. But he, uh, yeah. But uh, it's, it's around here, he realizes that he's not really um, transferring matter <clears throat> so much as he is making new matter. With the um, matter that goes through, you bet you he transferred a lot of matter to Gina Davis. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, I could see. Unlike you, dear listener, I was looking in his face, and uh, just absolute pride he had at the time. I, I literally could have been telling him that I had to euthanize my dog today. He, he wouldn't. He would have just cut through with that, like. It was born and it needed to be done. Like <laughs> so, yeah. As you were saying, so like he, this is where he figures out the equation. Go ahead. Yeah, but I think it's like it's it's basically building matter using the matter it was given, and it reconfigures it in the same way. But it's not yeah. the same thing. And obviously, when you like, it's one thing to use a pot. It's one thing to use any any inanimate object. It's a different thing to use something with yeah. cellular structure. Because obviously, if one thing is slightly misplaced, yeah. even slightly, then the whole thing, the whole thing falls apart. So that was a huge kind of breakthrough that he had. So then he, then he had that like that block yeah. that he had hit. He at least knew. What yeah, it was. it was all about teaching the and, machine not to represent. Like the problem with the machine was it was replicating its um, idea of what flesh was supposed to be, living tissue was supposed to be. Instead, he had to actually teach the yes. computer what living flesh was what really holds up here and actually drag me back to a conversation i had with somebody who's extremely tech savvy like extremely you know like qualification college 25 years yeah. work experience yeah mick bracken mick bracken uh, <laughs> yeah but like guys that came and tell me like you know you were thinking like uh you know he, i was talking to, so he was saying about like even just say a machine is walking around and they're looking for someone and you're kind of going like, oh, this person has, like, it might say this person has this pigment of skin, and this person has this height, mm. and stuff like that. But like, why would this person be able to tell the difference between a ball yeah. and an apple? He's because like, what's texture? He goes, you have to understand that there's no innate knowledge. Everything would have to be programmed in, and there's always going to be something that you just yeah. can't program for. That a computer is not sentient. 
he could just literally create enough algorithms to give yeah. the illusion of it. He goes, so he was kind of going like he was just kind of making the case against the whole concept that there's that there's a, a takeover, the rise of the machines on the on the near horizon. He goes, it's not. You have to understand just how much goes into a human mind and how much that a computer can do and calculate yeah. that you can't. But there will be just lines. It will stop. It doesn't. It can never yeah. imagine. It can only know by what it is given. And I, and I, I think this film, considering it's 1986, actually did a really, really... Because that conversation popped into my head. I think it did a really good job of, of saying that. Saying, yes, this is amazing yeah. technology, but there's no yeah. room for error. None Especially whatsoever. because the stakes are so high. And the stakes are just so incredibly high. And especially when he's already established that the first... Probably kind of like a Neil Armstrong kind of vibe that he had that the first man to go through it was going to be. Yeah. You know, because it's, you know, like, you, t- you think it would be enough to invent the fucking thing, but, uh, but he wanted to, you know, he was going to be the first person to actually Yeah, it's, it, that happens a lot, to, like, where scientists do experiment on themselves, you know what I mean? Like, with vaccines yeah. and shit like this, like, through, through ages, like, you know, new technologies, new medicines, they're nearly always the first person under the needle, like, you know. Yeah, and in a lot of cases, quite well they should be because I think it's an excellent way to show that this is the product. I trust it. Yeah. So I'm asking you to. So I do think there's some, there is actually some pragmatism to it, but I do think in uh, in uh, uh, Brundle, um, what is, what's his character? Seth Brundle. Seth Brundle. Mm. I think in Brundle's case that it, there was hubris as well. He was actually a very charming, likable character, but he knew that this was his ticket. Yeah, and this is the guy that was, I know we find out later on, but he's been working on this for like six years or something. So yeah, uh, yeah. how often has he been out in those six years? And that's it. Like, he's very suave and very intelligent and very well connected, but it doesn't look like he's living particularly well. Yeah, exactly. He's, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't like he's, he's lost he in his work. penthouse apartment and, yeah. you know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so he's lost in his world. So once he figures out that that kind of, like sequencing, we we'll just say because yeah. what do we know about it? He puts a second baboon through, and uh, that fella comes out the other side, and not dead, which which he was really really happy about. Like Ronnie leaves at this point. She she he gets paranoid. Why does she leave? When you said Ronnie leaves, I thought you were naming a, like an actual character, and I was like, who the yeah, fuck yeah, was yeah, Ronnie yeah. leaves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Veronica, Veronica, no, no, second name. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not touching that surname. I, I yeah, want to yeah. hear, hear it before I say it. <laughs> um, but um, yes, she leaves before they have a chance to celebrate. Um, no, what she does is uh, she goes. Um, listen, she go to what you call him. She she. Her, we see she goes to her editor slash ex-boyfriend. Yeah, with the strangest Game of Thrones fucking name ever. Stathis Burans or so. Stathis Burans. Yeah. What a name. That's pure Game of Thrones, if you ask me. But um, yeah, but that's what, like, I, I, I read that name. And I remember I was saying to Sheila just like an hour ago or something. Uh, she popped in once or twice. And I was just like, it's just like, yes, I saw do have a boyfriend. What's his name? Uh, uh Sta- sta- status? Yeah. Oh, status. Your boyfriend's name is Status. What's your surname? Bo- bor- Bora. It's, like, it's literally baby talk. <laughs> it's like baby talk. Yeah, that name is so fucking weird. Um, it's, it's a 14-month-old baby <laughs> talking to you. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a, it's yeah. With a 14th century name. <laughs> with a 14th century name. Yeah. But, um, ye
we see that she has this kind of like obsessive ex-boyfriend in between the her interactions with Seth. Like she's called away and stuff. She goes home and he's already there. He lets himself in because he still has a key. That obviously used to be like, you know, very serious to live together, but he's a bit overbearing still. And because of this whole weird... Well, that's a, yeah, yeah, this, it's a well-set platform for there is some jealousy and paranoia coming. Yeah. It's not completely unfounded. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, Although putting it on her wasn't fair. Yeah. And because she only has a professional relationship now. Yeah. But he definitely did. They have, know, like, uh, yeah. they have this weird power, uh, power dynamic still because he's her boss or he's her editor and she writes he's for He's the chief editor. For yeah. Like and he, and, and he's he throws his dick on the table saying that he's going to print the story. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Because cause he's trying to, yeah, he's, so he finds out that like, that she's, so she initially he comes over to her apartment. She tells him he she's going to cover something else. She's no longer going to cover Seth Brundle. That he's like you know it's pointless. That it's not worthwhile story. And when she goes and starts covering Seth in um secrecy, he follows her one time and sees that she stayed the whole night, which shows like not only is she like you know sleeping with Seth still or whatever, but that he's been obsessive that he stayed out there the whole night. And like we find out this is when he says that he's going to print the story. And she stops him that she wants she wants more time because he's so close to figuring it out. And this is where um, after he figures out the whole flesh thing, he wants to celebrate with Gina Davis. Um, so yeah, sure. so he gets like he buys. He, I think he has champagne. He's going to order Chinese food um, and they're going to like, you know, uh, he's going to give her some eggplant is what he says. And that's not me being dirty or anything. But I and, uh, and um so he wants to get, fill her fill her with the eggplant. <laughs> but he wants to get like, yeah. Uh, but he he so he orders the Chinese. She gets a phone call. I'd she, like to apologize to the zero women or listening. Uh, yeah, it's got it's got <laughs> they know they know I'm a bum. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she gets caught. She gets a phone call late at night while he's, you know, in pure celebration mode, that he's figured out this sequence and the baboon has come true, that he's on, you know, the cusp of greatness. And she gets called away by Stathis uh, Burhan's fucking I'm stupid sure. name. And he gets jealous because he he's kind of figured out now that Stathis is her ex-boyfriend. Like, because she says something like, I used to have, I have an old life that I still have the residue of to deal with and I need to wipe it away or some bullshit like this. So she's pretty much saying that she needs, she has loose ends yeah. and she wants to finish up, yeah. finish everything with her ex-boyfriend before she can fully commit to him. And he, but he yeah, he, he's, he's a bit of a shit about it. Yeah. Brundley. And, uh, Brundle. when she leaves, he, he, he starts to feel fucking sorry for himself. And this is when he decides to fucking, yeah, this is when he decides that it's time. Yeah, because he gets drunk and he's angry. Like everybody knows, like well, everybody's made bad decisions when they're drunk and angry. <laughs> no, no, I was just telling tell it. Matt, look, I'm in my late thirties now. I haven't gone through a teleport with a fly uh, in a long time. Yeah, just because but, they weren't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's like what Jesus said: "Let he who has not gone through a teleport <laughs> cast the first teleport." Molecularly fuse with a fly. <laughs> So, yeah, so this is where he's like, you know, it throws a little hissy fit and he decides that he's going to teleport teleport himself. He's going to run the sequence in and be the first man. But like, you know, not to be lousy because he, he promised her that she'd be there to see it, that he's going to record it. 
So she has, you know, some record for a documentary slash book or whatever the fuck she's doing. Yeah, um, he could still be a. It's kind of like he's drawing a tantrum, but still trying to be true to his word. Yeah, well, so you know, we've, all, we've all done that. It's documented. It's her story. You're like you're, hasn't, ang- hasn't. you're angry at the, your missus, but you still cook her dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, you're, or you leave her. Like you're just like you cook yourself dinner of anger, and you're just like you always cook some for her as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like he was angry at her, but he's still not going to be a total dick to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's like, I'm angry at you, but I still love you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But this is going to blow everyone's mind when he went through the machine. Yeah. A fly. Didn't see that one coming. No. Didn't see it coming. A fly got in there. Mm. And he, he, he steps out and he's just like, I've done it. I'm beautiful and I've done it. And he is beautiful and he has done it. Yeah. Uh, Extra greasy. Yeah, but then he decides, like, you know, like, he's no one celebrated, so I go for an old drink. Mm. Something as Irish, no, only too well. Yeah. Anytime we go through telepods, straight out to the pub. Uh, 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 so, yeah, so, like, but as when he got passed through, he thought everything was cool and he's, like, feeling incredible. Um, but we, what we seen was through the computer that the sequencing was working through the two different components that were inside the telepod. So we have an idea that they've now become fused together. But like, you know what I mean? He thinks he's like fucking, you know, hit the jackpot. But we know, like, you know what I mean? I love when movies do that. They give us that information before the characters. I say it to you the whole time, but like now we know something's on the horizon. We're not fully sure because, you know, it's talking about genetic uh, sequencing and shit. You're not fully sure what's going on, but you have an idea that like the fly was in there. He's no idea well, what way is this going to affect him. And as you said, he just wants to go and, you know, blow off some steam. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he doesn't know anything about the fly at this stage. Mm. Uh, but he goes to blow off some steam. He has a few drinks, decides to arm wrestle. Yeah. He's feeling himself. Because he, he's chatting up this girl at the bar first. Tawny. Tawny, is that her name? Yeah. Who fucking wrote these names? Yeah. I think, like, the machine from the fly. Yeah. I hadn't quite figured out how to sequence genetics or letters. Machine, sequence names for me from 14th century England, please. Yeah. yeah. Something like Simon. Stannis Bur- 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 Burton. Uh, Thank you, machine. <laughs> uh, uh, so, like, yeah. So, like, what did what I talk to you? This is kind of like the first bit of gore but no i'm sorry the second bit of gore because we got the what did you call the baboon. it the baboon reverse what was it yes new the baboon new it was a, a new bab new bab <laughs> yeah it got new bab but uh yeah he, he arm wrestles the guy and and it was really it, it was excellently done it's just oh god it's like uh it was just such a shout back to the like me and you are Absolutely. See, it's not that we're obsessed with the 80s because mm. we would have been more than happy to see it in the 90s and then have been more than happy to see it in 2016, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but the practical effects, he just tore this guy's arm off. Yeah. Uh, well, compound fracture. He didn't. Uh, sorry, just, just for the sake of being accurate. Yeah. Gave him a compound fracture. He just folded his arm open at such an aggressive pace yeah, like it because i was over here at the potty snatchers we are known for our medical accuracy and it's a, yeah, it's a big yeah. backbone of our show 
Um, if we don't, if we don't have that, yeah, how are we ever going? We're not to going to be at it. He's not going to waste. We're, his seven we're years. never going to be able to take down Joe Rogan. <laughs> with this shit, right? Uh, yeah, coming for you, coming for you, Rogan. One hundred years time, we've already <laughs> yeah, passed yeah. away. Joe Rogan's still going. So no, like, I'm thinking we send a signal out into space, and just long after we're all gone. Uh, you know? <laughs> be like that fucking Viking, like <laughs> put it on a golden record and send it into deep space. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so like. Now we see that Seth Brundle is different now, like, you know, that he is more than he was and he's getting this idea of, like, not only does he feel, obviously, more, like, extroverted, he's more confident in himself and shit, but obviously his physical ability is being amped up. And now we see that... In a, in a, in a massive way. In a massive it's way. Like the whole punch of the pillar thing and the, and the wooden pillar stuff in the house. Yeah. But also, I think what... what you have to realize it's never really touched upon in any sort of verbal context is well from my sorry from my perspective looking back on it the fly is a smaller part of genetic sequencing yeah so at first the fly goes in that way but it's trying to even out yeah the actual molecular structure but he's taken on properties mental as well uh, so just to jump back a little bit so like he's he's actually in bed isn't he with Gina Davis? He tells and she's rubbing his back, and she she just he feels those literally very very dense, like not human hair, like it's way too coarse. Yeah, coming out through the cut he had earlier on in the movie, I think. Yeah, and um, ah. she, she it's like pretty much after their fight, she comes back, he shows her the recording, and uh, like they pretty much make up. Um, and, uh, you know, they have sex or whatever. She feels the bristles on his back. She, they, she falls asleep. He wakes up during the night and then he goes out and he kind of like, you know, starts doing all these incredible things or whatever. And, but we, like, you know, we don't see that straight away. He just goes kind of out into the, the, the main living area of the loft. And then a few, what we assume is a few hours later, maybe a few minutes later, I don't know, Gina Davis wakes back up. She goes outside and sees him like he's not even speaking to her he just climbs up the one of them kind of like a parallel bar and starts doing all this gymnastics and running along the ceiling and shit because like i think we forgot about that because like this is where we start he starts showing us he's like his superhuman abilities and this is where he's still having fun with superhuman to the point where there there is because he yeah at this point he's trying to push a narrative that he has been purified yeah by the machine would you say that it's put together and you know it's put together in a more Perfect sequence. Would you say he's pretty fly for a white guy? Oh. <laughs> Give it to me, baby. And, uh, yeah, so like, because this is where he's still having fun with it. Because uh, the part we, we were talking about a second ago is like, that's when he's kind of starting to turn a bit more malevolent and a bit more, you know, evil brundle. Um, so, like, he's still having fun with it now, and she's still, like, you know, purely entranced by the advances he's making, that he's, like, not only did he come out the other side, but he came out better the other side, you know? And he's, like... Yeah, th- 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 that was it. He was kind of touting the machine's success at that point, because she was worried. Uh, she's kind of like, this this can't be right. Yeah. And he's saying, look, like, it's, if anything, it's, it's even... More proof. Like this, this machine has improved me. This has made me better. Of course, there isn't definitely enough for you to go to. Yeah, he's gone through. This is this is information that we, the viewer, have. Yeah, that they simply don't. And your your brain doesn't go to 
a few bristles on the back and even something as crazy as being able to like these superhuman feats of strength of yeah. like climbing up and, and he just the wall or something he like just that. kind of writes it off it's like i'm getting older i'm getting hairier that's it i just you get weird yeah, yeah, weird yeah. hair patterns or something but i think it's just him time comes for us all yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's saying that he wanted to have he wanted to have more hair because he was too bias or something which is kind of weird but uh, oh, yeah, he was fucking fairly fucking shaved when he came out with the podcast. Because so. <laughs> he's new. <laughs> yeah. It's like he had some sort of weird alopecia where it all just came out of the top. Yeah. Like, you know, like 10 times more tense. Yeah. No other body hair whatsoever. He's like, but uh, but she, she freaks. She takes a sample. I think she takes one of them. Yeah, she, she takes one of the bristles. Yeah, because what happens is she kind of gets a night, like she's kind of annoyed by the hairs, so she trims them off. And she makes it look like she's going to throw them away, but she she goes to get some tested and shit. And um, I think like then he goes, then he goes bar hop. That that's when he gets bar hop. Yeah, I think so because he's kind of they have a bit of an argument because she's kind of worried about him, and he's lost in his own hubris. And he's yeah, exactly because he she's arguing. This is this is a bit of a cliche as well. Yeah, and it wasn't invented in nineteen eighty six. Yeah, eighty six. Uh, uh, is that um, arguing? A loved one arguing with you um, when you feel you're at the peak of your power. Yeah. Where you're at your absolute best and the old, why can't you just be happy for me? Yeah. Kind of aspect. Yeah, he's on a complete power where, trip. Like. Exactly, where it's it's just that whole thing. And it's, it's absolutely true. Like your best friend or the person that loves you is the person who tells you you're an asshole. Yeah. It's not the person who just who yes mans you uh, or anything like that, and that's what she was being. She was literally just not going along with the narrative because she was genuinely worried. But this is where we just start to see. See, both characters are sympathetic in this because, as the viewer, you know that what's going on with him, he can't possibly fathom. This. Yeah, and she's just a she just cares about him and she's worried. So both people, one it's like one person can't possibly know better yeah. at the minute. And one person can, and they're at odds, but there isn't anyone you can point at and say, this person is the bad person. In fact, as I'm saying this, I'm just realizing this this film doesn't have an antagonist. Yeah. In a classic sense. Yeah, it's just... Uh, it does. Yeah, it's just, even in the sense, the antagonist is just, it's not even, it's not his fault. It's not even close to being his fault. You know what I mean? Like, like a pure antagonist yeah. for me would be someone like Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I think this kind of... Pure this kind of er, uh, goes on the side of Frankenstein's monster, maybe a Quasimodo. Yeah. Maybe less so Quasimodo. Cause uh, like, but you know, no, Quasimodo wanted to be alone. Yeah. He was dragged into something. You know? Yeah. So it's more like, I think along the lines of Frankenstein's monster, you yeah. know, you know, it's like, he's, he's, uh, how could they possibly know otherwise? Yeah. It'd be like if Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein himself turned himself into the monster, you know? Because that's what's kind of happened here. Like, instead of him creating the monster, he has turned himself into the monster. Yeah. Um, so, like... But anyway, sorry. We're at the bar now. Yeah. And he... Tawny tears the guy... Breaks the guy's arm in, in, in it. Like, and the dude's bigger, stronger, foreboding-looking man. And obviously, a, a kind of, like, a... a Poindexter. I don't know where that word came from. Uh, but uh, he uh, would never have thought to himself, I'll do this, I'll do this. What he didn't realise is it was at the earliest stages of his psyche changing yeah. to match his body. Yeah, and you can see his skin and stuff is like he's getting really bad acne or something. Yeah. So he absolutely 
destroys this guy in an arm wrestling. Um, and uh, he goes back with Tawny and they, 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 they do the deed. Yeah, he pretty much wins her in the arm wrestle. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Yeah, because yeah, her boyfriend or, or like whatever this dude was to her, he bets her in the arm wrestle. And um, as you said, you know, they go back and the next scene we see is like he's carrying, he carries Tawny up these flights of stairs and it's just another show of his physical, um, Im you know, immenseness or amazingness or whatever. This, uh, this improvement to set Brundle and he carries her up all these flights of stairs and the next scene we see is Tawny sitting all like sexy. I think she's smoking like a cigarette. She's topless, and but she has like a jacket or something pull over, and she's watching Seth Brundle go through the telepod again. And like you know what I mean, he goes through the telepod. This is something I actually totally forgot. I forgot he went through more than once. So this probably increased. Yeah, this probably increased his cellular de deterioration or the degradation. You know because he was constantly replicating himself and like you know like cancer cells. And the second time, yeah, the second time he went through, yeah. Um, cause a more mutation it, it, yeah it could have been yeah because it could have been a kid uh, a case of the mass that went through yeah. was obviously a fly compared to a man yeah and then the second time he went through with that uh, that fly inside of him it might have read one and the other as being the same yeah because he's deg he's, he's deterioration yeah. degrada degradation or deterioration yeah uh, after that is <laughs> very it, it's it's like it goes from being 20 degree to being about 90 yeah, you know, 110 degree. It, it really, really does start to go down. Yeah, because I, I think it's more of a, like it's like akin to when cancer cells form. The yeah. cells replicate constantly until a bad mutation occurs and then it becomes cancerous. Exactly. It, it, it was, I've heard that our bodies destroy at least one cancer cell a day. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. we're constantly like uh, replicating and breaking down until the point where we can't do any more and we die. Yeah. So, this is just this on a sped up level the fact that he. Like pretty much, I think after he fused with the fly, there was like these cancerous cells within him already. And as soon as he mutated himself and replicated those cells, or sorry, as soon as he replicated those cells again through teleport, uh, uh, teleporting himself another time, that the mutation increased when he replicated those cells because they came back even more mutated than the first mutation when the fly fused with him on a cellular level, you know? So I think that's why it increased maybe after the second teleportation. And um, now we see like uh, Gina Davis comes back. Um, I think when he's, he's trying to get Tony to go through the telepod and um he's trying to force her to go through he's like right. yeah 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 because he's 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 insistent this is where the fight actually came with gina davis um he's a great he's a great yeah he wanted her to go through yeah exactly he's insistent apologies that, apologies viewers uh viewers yeah. listeners yeah no that's exactly because this is it he's uh he wants a partner a in crime that's what it is yeah. he wants like uh he wants to be pure curie and he wants his marine but i feel like know? like see he he tried to get her to go through it then he tries yeah. to get this other girl to go through it after he's already gone through it yeah so it starts like it almost starts to feel like a party piece to him yeah and uh, and it does i remember just thinking yeah because i remember thinking to myself when i was watching it and i said that this is a, a pick a card moment like, yeah. pick a card any any card yeah he's like a magician i'm like i want to impress work. you i'm just going to impress you yeah and then now there's obviously me saying is it's you know the two of hearts and it is the two of hearts is a hell of a lot impressive yeah uh, less impressive than me being able to actually take something through space yeah exactly it's and, it's like he's saying it's like yeah. saying pick your card but then he teleports the correct card from one side of the room to the other yeah <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? like, yeah 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 um so he so but um this is um but, uh, 
this, but he doesn't know that he's 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 a cognitive brain, but his simillion brain, yeah, um, is obviously hijacked because we've a simillion and lizard brain. Yeah, the Silmarillion written by J. R. R. Tolkien. Yeah, we all know about the book. No, this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't let me sound smart. <laughs> no, you were getting too smart for me, so I had to pull you back. <laughs> yeah, I heard some conspiracy theorists go on a rant recently, and he said the word simillion, and I said. That sounds smart. Well, you use that. <laughs> it's you like it. wrote it on your arm for. Imagine you're yeah, you lift your arm up now to get a drink, and I see it written on your forearm. <laughs> <laughs> Say some. <Yeah. laughs> Sorry, no. Um, finish your thought there. Sorry. But he started to use it as a part. He he started to. Uh, all of his better judgment is gone. Yeah. Not gone, man. Not completely. As in to the point where he couldn't be at least talked to. You know, more of that later. Um. But he's literally just thinks that this is it. I've done it. And uh, every instinct he has, he's just going with. Yeah. As opposed to being any... Like, you did not build a machine like this over six years without being an incredibly cognizant, incredibly present, incredibly tall person. Mm. So obviously the second he came out of the machine, even though he came out look, looking fine, feeling absolutely... Hugely feeling himself. Yeah. Just, like, you know, he's on like top of the world. Prince. Look like Prince mm-hmm. quite a lot, actually, mm-hmm. yeah. But he um he's obviously degrading. And only someone that can see you when you think you're at your best, yeah. when you're actually at your worst, can see it. But Ronnie gets back before this woman goes through it. Not that she really yeah. wants to. Do you remember what happens next? That this is where he says to her, Come on, don't be afraid, get into the get into the telepods, don't be afraid. And she goes, No, be afraid. Be very afraid. And I actually totally nice. forgot that fucking line was in this movie until I watched it again. And that's like one of the most famous. It's like it's near, it's every bit as famous as, you know, no one can hear you scream in space. God, I am so mad at myself because I literally just know. But, you know, because I remember I literally know. Be afraid. Very afraid. Yeah, it's like so and famous. Now, yeah, now, you forget yeah, where it yeah. comes from. Like, but um, It's like when Bruce Willis was always like, no, 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 no. We have to die hard too. Die hard. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they say it in the film. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> fuck that second movie was not as good as part one and three. Um, not not, not a bad movie, but just not as good, which is such die, like total side note. But Die Hard goes flies in the face completely of trilogy rules, the original trilogy before the abominations that were live free, die hard, whatever the fuck die hard five was called. Um, but like, so yeah, you know, it's kind of weird the way those movies turned out, but quality wise, but totally turned back right to the flag. But like, yeah, so this is where Grundle, uh, Brundlefly is like totally starting to go off, or sorry, Brundle, Brundle is starting to totally go off the rails. And, um, and Gina Davis kind of like leaves him now and she goes, uh, I think the one Tawny runs away and I think Gina Davis kind of leaves as well. And this is where he kind of goes into the next stage of his deterioration because he's like, he becomes um, isolated. And this is where we see pretty much the Brundle being given given away to the Brundle fly. And, you know, this, um, I think, um, I think it's supposed to, I think it was, he says it's four days later or no, maybe four weeks. Is it four weeks later or four days? No, later? weeks. Four weeks later. Yeah. No, I know it is. Yeah. No, yeah. I know it's a few weeks later. Yeah. I remember that much. As in, and it's like I love simple, you know, because he obviously he's turned into a prideful little bitch. Yeah. Um. So he's allowed himself to degrade to a point where 
he has to swallow his pride in yeah. a very literal sense. And um, I love the way um, simple bits of writing like that, though, just to, to convey a time jump. It's like, I know I haven't seen you in four weeks. One line. I haven't seen you in four weeks. Yeah. Three days, 17 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I think, yeah, right before this, we see that like his nails were coming off and stuff, weren't it? He, no, this is yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, that was after he kicked her out a second time. Yes, that was the first thing. He says his nails comes off, and he says, "What's wrong? Am I dying to himself?" Yeah, um, this is where he starts so that, worrying. This is where he's not having fun with it anymore. Yes, because this was, it's yeah. Actually, you know what? That's worth that's worth exploring for a second because it's one thing to suddenly feel super confident. Yeah, nobody hates nobody hates that. Yeah, uh, it's another thing to become an absolute badass. Yeah, and. He's the strongest guy in the room. That's not going to hurt your ego. Um, and then, but it's a totally different thing when something so terrifying as your literal nails falling off or your body just starting to literally disintegrate. Remember, this is a scientific man as well. So he has an yeah. idea immediately what the symptoms might lead to or that it's cancer. Exactly, nature, because you know? his intelligence never fully wanes. Yeah. His sanity does, I yeah. think. Um, but he that that was the first time. But at the same time, he never got in touch with her because, you know, he there was that kind of did not wanted. To, and this is the kind of the, the, the this is what Cronenberg does to you. This is kind of where I don't know if it's human psyche yeah. or something kind of beyond it because he's literally something that we are and something that we aren't. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, a different stage, like an unknown stage of evolution. Like there's no way exactly, of yeah. knowing how it's going to ev evolve. You know what I mean? How this exactly. evolution is going to take shape or whatever. But it, you know, we've all heard horror stories with somebody taking something like PCP and they do this, this, mm. this, this, and you wonder was that person in a human state at the time? Yeah, or was their mind so altered? And um, then you take something like that and you take it to literally a Cronenberg degree, where yeah. you're kind of like a literal something that lives, fucks, breeds, dies, yeah, kills, gets killed. A very basic uh, creature is literally introduced to. Probably the most brilliant mind that the world has ever seen. Uh, that's actually don't an know. excellent, excellent fucking point. It's like, like that is like it's such a primordial creature, like a fly, a common house yes. fly, to Seth Brundle, who's like yeah. an Elon Musk. Oh, like Elon Musk wishes. I mean, you know what I mean? You know, like, you know, he's literally like you know, again, like Tony Starr. He's like TV, yeah. film levels genius. Like you're talking with somebody with a, an IQ of two twenty or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like something really, really insane. And uh and 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 then and then you have to realise that because the body will always seek equilibrium. Yeah. The equilibrium is something that's hard to fathom. And so so like as you said, it's like it's four weeks now, so he's been left to his devices. He's been left to this deterioration. And, he doesn't look right. Yeah, and this is where he turns into Michael Jackson from Triller. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that the the clip? The clip where she records so, so when she comes back, um we see that like he's he's got he's uh I'm not sure maybe it's before this, but he's wearing gloves. I think it's before that as well. They show he's showing he's wearing gloves when he's typing in his computations into the machine and that actually that's the moment where he finds out that he's fully fused with the fly. We kinda we went over that yeah. little, but like so he finds out uh, he has the fight with Gina Davis. She goes, his nails start falling off. He, he questions Ronnie. whether or not he's dying. And, um, or, yeah, sorry, Veronica. And she goes, so he he start, he start puts gloves on because his fingernails are falling off. Types the computations into the, his computer. 
finds out now that he's cellular uh he's he's fused with the fly on a cellular level this is where the four-week time jump comes in and she comes back and now we see the f the first real you know formation of the brundle fly as he so calls himself in this next scene like so what did you think of the big reveal of his like the the first stages of his transformation from man to fly yeah well it was one was that you kind of got that it was crazy and a lot to take in and stuff like that and at the same time he didn't yeah like he was he started showing that he needs to he vomits um acidic enzymes <laughs> to like consume food and stuff like that yeah and and he's literally trying to twitch 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 yeah his he's mannerisms fucking, are amazing his mannerisms are amazing jeff goldblum is so fucking good in this movie he's so good in this like, movie so and jeff goldblum good. is not like here's jeff goldblum's in this kind of like tier with me where people you don't think like they're not like uh joaquin phoenix or or daniel day lewis or yeah. Earl streep or somebody who you, you've seen take on at least like Sophie's choice, there will be blood, whatever you mm. have, the Joker, etc. And just like, just at such a tyranny, it's just literally his art. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he just suited this role to such a degree where I do think he deserves plaudits for it. I just think he was excellent. Yeah. It just, especially when he had all of the, all of the, the, the um, prosthetics on and everything. And I really believed it. I actually just, Looked at a man that didn't really, a tortured so soul didn't realize, so grotesque. Yeah. And I didn't really, like, a tortured soul that didn't realize how tortured he was. Yeah. Because that, that function in the mind is still the same. I love Because he hasn't just teleported Jeff to Mustafa. He's, he's done two things. Yeah. He now realizes that he could actually, you know, like, that, that there, there is a, a chimera to be made in yeah. this machine as well. Like, yeah. I can't fucking think of a reason you would. Exactly. This is where he realizes that his teleportation machine is acted like a gene splicing machine and a very good one at that, I think he says. And a very good one. Uh, and I love the way. As it turns out the computer, it said the computer couldn't discern the two of them. The difference. Yeah. So it made. It, see, it was never designed for two things. Uh, it was never designed to like send a lamp and an orange mm, through mm. ever. It was designed to teleport what it's given to one from one side to the other, and whatever that is. And if that had been a man, a fly, and a cat, it would have been some other absolute abomination. So, but he just seen the good in it because it was a scientist now yeah. trapped inside of a fly, as opposed to a fly trapped inside of a scientist. And it was, it gets heartbreaking from this point. Yeah. It does not. It does not. It does not like it dips. It, it, it does not like steer up. Yeah, the last like thirty minutes of the movie are hard to watch. Horrible. Yeah, it's like so. This is where we see like him, pretty much like he's in the first stages of becoming the Brundlefly and stuff. And she makes a recording because he kind of wants to let the world know what's going on here. Because still in his weird adult mind, he still thinks he's on the edge of this weird fucking breakthrough. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, like this you said, like, like eventually is like the scientific brain in him starts becoming curious by this transformation. And he, even though he understands that, um, by doing research within this four week period, that the, the, the transformation has caused a cancerous type effect. And we see these melanomas and stuff, or I think they're called, is it melanomas? These tumors that start growing all over his, his skin and stuff like that. Like, is that, yeah, I suppose that is what there are. I honestly, like, at the time, I suppose that's actually a good word for it. Uh, but, you know, just be honest. We're talking about what's going through our heads when yeah. we're watching it. I was just thinking, like, 
it's just just like obviously it's not like a, a human and an ape or or something where there's just like a, a, a straighter line yeah obviously this is something like completely alien where a human and a fly and and you're just thinking like whatever exists in between those two things one thing is compound eyes yeah we don't you know what i mean one thing's we have teeth and they spit out you know so i just thought at this stage it was just the amalgamation the mm. sheer actual horror yeah. part of where the body didn't know if it was going to be one thing or the other yeah because the body's trying to figure out on a cellular level what the fuck it is now what the fuck it is and yeah. there's no literally it's never existed before yeah and like so she goes and shows uh status it's like a fucking stupid name but she goes and shows status the actually no she doesn't show it to him she she leaves and he lets her lets himself in to her apartment because he still has the key because he says that earlier he's going to hold on to the key and he starts watching this video of uh set the brindle fly and um she she's this is where he's in like you know like the melanomas are kind of all over his face he's still more humanoid than insecticide or not insecticide um but you know he's still more humanoid than he looks like than in like an insect that he still looks like a man he still has all his hair but the fucking tumors and shit are growing all over him and like is this where she tells him he, she's she's pregnant does she tell him yes yes she tells him she's pregnant and i don't know where the weird fucking dream thing oh the, the maggot i'm not i did not watch it the dream sequence didn't do it <laughs> so didn't do it i said to you i think i don't know if we were recording or private i said uh, to you i hold myself to the integrity word even if we were <laughs> going to talk about a film that i've seen like let's say predator yeah i could like right now if we pretended if we just literally said welcome to the predator podcast i could walk you through that film. yeah fucking you would not movie. know you would not know that I haven't seen that film in a few years. Yeah. You just wouldn't. I'd walk it through it. Dialogue and everything. Uh, and I said to you, I, I just think you need to have the integrity to do that. Then you said the flight. Now I'm alive. I was just like, oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about this movie, though. Like, it does make you just like, Ugh. like, you know, it's just a yuck. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Like, so. But not that see, I always think like, Cronenberg, uh, not to get again. Please stop me before I get too off yeah, the rest. Go ahead. But Cronenberg, Cronenberg, it's never the point. Yeah, it's never the point. Like he actually does tell stories, and sometimes really, really cerebral, absolutely inverted, bizarre stories. No doubt. Yeah. But there's something there, and he's just not afraid to go there. And I, I, I honestly don't think the world needs a Cronenberg. That's. Um, and this this film is that, and I in no way should be because of my fragile sensibilities. Yeah, should Cronenberg not Cronenberg? Man, exactly. Like the the thing is, like um, a classic horror in comparison to some of the more modernistic horror is that they told a story and the gore was an element of the story, but what happened is the gore became the gore became the story. In more, yeah, you know, not, they yeah, did that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Look at the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. Like you know. The gore, that film is so gore-filled, but the story is so strong and the gore just adds to the story, never takes away. Yeah. And that's what good horror directors do. Cronenberg doesn't kill many people yeah. in these films. That's a, make a small cast and make every deck worthwhile. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guarantee you that Predator, because I'm just using it because it's a film we use. Yeah. More people die in Predator than Cronenberg's entire discography. I guarantee you that. 
You've just heard the trivia question of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I, I'd like if someone just like you know listened to this and just kind of looked back and went, uh, "No, we do." Never seen like 1979s, <laughs> like you know. Welcome to the, the the murder of a thousand million billion people. <laughs> you know, he's, he's gonna be like, "Okay, fair enough," but no, but like death was never the thing. That's what people think. It's just violence, violence, violence. Yeah. Cronenberg rarely does he, he only does violence as a storytelling mechanism it's like he doesn't rely on it yeah it's not what it's about like halloween ever like the original halloween uh halloween by yeah. john carpenter's like what three four deaths in the whole film you know it's what i mean the first death the, the guy that she's uh, yeah well annie yeah, yeah. annie gets killed as well um you know the, the, the well then he's, the then he's star. Gone, like, yeah. yeah um but like this is the whole thing. Like you keep a small. Like this is why I love small cast. You keep a small cast. He let us learn and know about some these characters. So when they do die or bad things happen to him, we actually give a shit um, yes. instead of these big sprawl. Like uh, we touched upon this but before. Like I said, I, like I mean, I, I was kind of a eureka moment for me mm. when he said that there's no bad guys in this film. Yeah. How possibly just bad decisions how, and bad luck. But yeah, like how possibly could I be like you know like we said like there has to be mm. something in the law for the mentally ill yeah because somebody can't be responsible for their actions if they don't understand yeah that the the, the, the the pros or the cons of it or, or the, the, the the moral ambiguity of it yeah and uh this film is a huge cronenberg example of this yeah so this isn't an ed Gein mentally ill person this is somebody who's changing and their brain is adapting to it and um so Gina Davis finds out she she's pregnant. Veronica finds out she's pregnant, and uh, Brundle Fly has been left to his own devices again. She's kind of isolated herself away from him, and in the meantime, we, and it's decided she doesn't want a little mag. Yeah, so pretty much we we kind of cuts to uh, her, and uh, <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Stannis Baratheon. That's what I want to keep calling him the whole fu- the whole fucking I podcast. I just have to get it out there I now. Know. I've been dying to call him Stannis Baratheon. Like, like, but pretty much Stannis Baran brings her. Like, it looks like a medical facility. They're going through the halls. We see that she's in labor. Like, holy shit, what's going on? She's um on the labor. Uh, she's in the you know labor ward or whatever. She's about to give birth, and uh, she he's she's pushing. She's pushing, we see like blood on the, the medical, um, you know, the clots and shit. And she's pushing and he's like, there's more to come. And he's like leaning down on her stomach. Use those muscles. And she pretty much gives birth to this giant larva, which is, which in a sense, the shape of the larva might have actually helped her pregnancy because, you know. Yeah, she, you know, I, I agree with you. I agree that she had very little appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my problem with that scene. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, grounded. Oh, hey, never floor. happy. No, <laughs> yeah. she's like, oh no, floor is larva. <laughs> <laughs> Hot larva coming through. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, and she wakes up. Yeah. She's jolted awake by the prospect of what could become of their offspring. Well, offspring. yeah, and she's not wrong yeah. because she had. Wait, she had when when she had sex all the way through with him that first night. Yeah, all the way through until they had that fight. They had sex. They had sex twice. Um, loads of times. Like literally, she. So she doesn't know at the time. She doesn't because know whether she's pregnant with Jeff Go like with a uh, with Brunley's child or with Brunley post. No, no, one hundred percent. Is there an ambiguity there? No, one hundred percent. They had sex when he had already become Brundle Flight. 
and that was the first time. Yeah, no, like uh, no, he had they had sex the first night before when he was still Seth Brundle. But later on, do you remember when uh, it cuts to a scene where you see Gina Davis on top of him? They're sitting on a couch, and they're like covering sweat. And she's like, "We've been at this for hours," and they had sex before that. Uh, the night where he went out and started testing his abilities, the very first night. So they've had sex many, many, many times because like they show that his sexual drive, his um, libido or whatever, is turned up to eleven since he's become Brundlefly, you know, he's got this massive sweet tooth, like a fly or whatever, and he's got this strength and all this, but he's got a massive, like, you know, sex drive. And so they did have sex loads of times when he was Brundlefly. So there is that whole thing that, like, no matter, like, he did definitely get her pregnant, I'm pretty sure, when he had become well, he Brundlefly. he got her pregnant, but, yeah. No, I was wondering that. When he was, no, was, was there Is there, like, just for a storytelling mechanism, was there, like, an ambiguity for us, the viewer, where they had sex the first night that he brought her back to the apartment? Yeah. And that possibly could have been the time he got her pregnant i suppose uh, they never say how long or far gone she is so that is yeah that's the thing you know like that's but that's the kind that's the kind of shit chronoburn would do to you yeah but she could have been have been perfectly perfectly healthy normal pregnant female yeah. instead of going and, straight for abortion do you think she should have just gone for a scan um i think she should have stopped acting maggot uh, oh this fucking guy the, this only works in Ireland. Yeah. Sorry, this is this is an expression that we have that literally, literally, will not work anywhere uh, else in the entire globe. But uh, but I but I but I went for it. Yes. Uh, no. I, I yeah. Like here's the thing. I don't know. You have to understand that we're we're nearly forty years now. Well, we're thirty five years later. Yeah. And we do not have the technology that could just tell us we can tell boy girl blah 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 we're not going to be able to tell it there's a genetic sequence yeah inside of the fetus but, but i'm sure cutting it on well an ultrasound may show some malnof- uh, uh, malformities in the malformities mm. but like what would it is like i mean there's there's no manual yeah you can only imagine like she did literally have a nightmare about giving birth to a larva you can only imagine like again uh, you can only imagine what it must be like and literally only imagine yeah. what it would be like for a woman to be in that and just kind of go, this is it's inside me. I, I don't know, man. I just think you'd lose your shit. Yeah, no, you're, like, you're, and I mean, like, I, I'm not trying to make a joke here. I literally, I just literally to the point of your sanity being able to take. Yeah, and the whole thing, that, it's like with Laurie in The Walking Dead played by Sarah Wayne Callis that, um, or Callie's, uh, that she was afraid that well, if the baby was a stillborn that would explode over stomach like that eat its way tear its way over it's kind of like you get to this stage like what if this creature inside me what if this baby inside me is you know a humanoid fly type creature and what if it just explodes over stomach like and shit you know what i mean like this whole thing that's running through her head like that uh, if you ever want to have an idea about pro pro choice <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i think like fly humanoids i think you know, should be yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see like you know the really, really, really conservative American politics. There'll be two guys church. outside the place, and, going, and that is why I am strongly anti-abortion, even in the case of a Brundlefly. Yeah, <laughs> even in the case of Brundlefly. <laughs> even in the case of a Brundlefly. <laughs> or an incestuous Brundlefly. Hashtag- like, even that one. Hashtag yeah. Brundle Lives Matter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, uh, so like literally, this is where we go. We're gonna run straight to the finish now. That like, she's in the time now that she's gone away. That you know the Brundlefly has you know pretty much starting to take over from you know and 
Like oh, no, this, is one, this is one of has. my um, favorite parts of the whole movie uh, where she goes and sees him like late at night. And I think pretty much she's going there to tell him that she's pregnant. That's the kind of idea we get from a later exchange with uh, with um, Status. So she she goes to him and he starts talking about how there's no uh, insect uh, politicians and how insects don't have politicians. And she says like that he's not making sense. And he's like, he said he wanted to become the first insect politician. And this is the first time he actually refers to himself as an insect. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. I love this next line where he says something along the lines of, I am an, uh, I, I'm an insect that dreamt he was a man and has now woken up again and realized that he's an insect. Like that's fucking, incre- yeah. yeah. So like, so this is where he now, he no longer sees himself as a human. That he's given into the Brundlefly, that he has now become something different. Something he can't, new. like it's not even that, like you know, he's relented. Yeah, it's it's he never relented at any kind of stage here. He always did what he thought he should or wanted to do. Yeah, uh, but this was kind of it didn't matter. It was beyond him. Yeah, absolutely beyond. Exactly, him. like he's he's um, yeah. So like he's like literally he's become fully you know transformed or whatever, and and upon seeing almost. Almost. Or like, well, sorry, yeah, no, like he's like he's covered in these massive tumors. He's like, uh, he's you know, he's kind of bigger than he was and stuff. And he's like, it's grotesque. Yeah. He's, spit, he, he's spitting like acid vomit. He can't. He does, he's lost his, you know, his teeth and shit. Like yeah. That. He's got all these growths in his face. He's his body is trying to find equilibrium again. Yeah. And whatever that is, but no, he's very far gone. And so this is where Veronica decides that she's going to abort a child. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, so that led, led into the climax. And sure, Noel, we we take a quick break there, and then we'll round up the end of the movie. So we we we'll go for a quick break. Uh, you go, you know, go get yourself a cup of tea, whatever the fuck. And we'll see you after the break. Um, I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tuggy. This is the Invasion Potty Snatchers. See you in a few moments. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Time flies when you're having fun. Welcome back, <laughs> folks. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. I know it wasn't the best fun, but how could I resist? We are in... Uh, second half would actually be an overstatement because we are entering the climax yeah. of this of this uh, expiration of 1986 classic The Fly. Yeah. Um, so welcome back. Thanks for staying with us. We were just, just entering the... It, it kind of gets less cerebral here and now we just get... What is the action, the crux yeah, the, of this? The film. creature it's feature. The, the creature feature, the crescendo, all of that jazz. And it's all true. Yeah. This is when uh, we get to experience really, really good practical effects. Mm. And also uh, three storylines, uh, two main ones, and uh, a kind of a tertiary character kind of all get to play out their part. And this is where Gina Davis wants to get a, an abortion so desperately she wants. Uh, her her editor slash <laughs> Abor- abortion guy seemingly abortion guy. Yeah. <laughs> she wants oh, who who is uh, I happen to know from 
ever. It was uh, actually David Cronenberg himself. Yeah, he's the gynecologist. Uh, but uh, she um, she ends up, uh, uh, Seth gets word of this, the Brundle fly. Yeah. And he kidnapped her. Mm. First, he, first real jump scare in the movie, apart from the larva as well. Yeah, actually, it was. It was quite scared quite the shit out of me. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see it coming. I forgot about it. And he, he, um, he jumps out with his eyes, takes her away, and then we realise that it's not like anger necessarily or anything mm. like that. It's it's what's funny, funny, he says. Uh, what's uh, funny, funny as in weird? Expected. Yeah, funny as in weird is that he thinks that what she's carrying in her womb is the last representation of his humanity. Yeah, because he realises on whatever intellectual level that he's left with that she is. Uh, the last chance he has of having an imprint on this world going forward. Yeah. And um, he begs her, he, he wants her to keep the child. It's not just that, though. He wants to fuse. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like. It, well, this is it. But like, this happened. This is like the last of his reasoning versus the last of his just innate nature of just like, you know, eat, produce, die. Yeah, it's pure basically. desperation, isn't it? pure desperation yeah. but unabashed yeah because 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 and i mean that in the sense that human nature would be like nobody would nobody likes would like to have a gun point at their head and you would plead for your life yeah in a way that you would certainly not be proud of yeah if it was for something arbitrary you wouldn't say oh please can i have the last x y and z product because oh please 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 that would be a, that would be a shameful no he's beyond that beyond all of that consideration this is what he needs. Yeah. And he's very much so in a fulfill your needs and, and, and there are no consequences anymore. He's too far gone. Yeah. Like it just, that the, the last scene is just like, it's, it's got awesome gore. It's heartbreaking. Um, it's beautiful storytelling. It's like, um, there wasn't a dry ice left in the house, if you will. <laughs> But again, this is like eighties horror cinematic, like top level storytelling for the last. It's just a genius. Yeah. this era. Like it's so beautifully shot. It's beautifully told. Like and so we'll just get kind of we'll just get into it. So the Grundlefly kidnaps her from the abortion clinic after scaring the shit out of me, as I said, from jump mm -hmm. jumping through the the glass or whatever. And like he kind of, you know, leaps tall buildings in a single bound or whatever. He doesn't fly, but I think he can travel and he like building hops. I, I, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, see, he's, he's obviously like his proportional strength is now uh, he was able to break a guy's hand with yeah. arm when he was completely human looking on the, on the surface level. Yeah. He's now so far beyond that that he's probably, you know, to say like fleas or something would be the equivalent of being able to jump to. Yeah. American football fields. Yeah. You know, so he's literally operating at a level that, despite the fact that he hasn't literally become a fly fly, yeah. where he can fly and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there, there'll be no stopping him. 
Yeah. No stopping him. It, it really, wants you to really is the perfect representation of a Dave Cronenberg superhero movie, though, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. Dave Cronenberg does superhero movies. <laughs> I, I want, like, Snyderverse to be replaced with, like... Cronenberg Cronenberg's just the same. Yeah. Like, Batman would be interesting, <laughs> that's for sure. Jesus. Uh, yeah, man, it would be amazing. Like, you know, you can imagine Brundlefly going around and assembling this team. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Using teleportation devices just to, like, fuse people with different animals and stuff like <laughs> like like the, like the flash would definitely be somebody who's experiencing life a thousand seconds a second uh, do you think though and you're just like you'd show up and ask him to join but for him that was a month what if he fuses him with like the the the, the spray the flash spray and it just comes out and it's just this mutated mess with like a plunger on the front that you can press and just like and that's like his power and then just Cronenberg been interviewed really it's a story about love it's a story about friendship but like so like this is where we kind of talk about like when they run into the climax of the show like it was with Guillermo del Toro's love for his monsters, but this is where we see Cronenberg's real love for his creation, like the monster, the fly, because the ending he gives the story, it could have just been just you know, your 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 man gives into loses like loses his mind to his technology, becomes a monster. And Cronenberg goes open ended sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but like he goes open ended. He did in he did in video drama. I'm trying to remember the one with the actor who played Robocop. Yeah, where he's an exterminator. Peter Weller. Peter Weller, thank you. Um, I knew Wellington wasn't yeah. right, but that's all my brain had. <laughs> yeah, Paul Weller's the singer, isn't it? Paul Weller's the singer of the jam. Yeah, and Peter Weller, because they're the two. I always get those two mixed up. Yeah, so it's Peter Weller's the actor. So as long yeah, as I know yeah. that Paul Weller's the singer, then I always know Peter Weller is the actor, because I always get those two names mixed up for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, we all have ho um, holes in memory, like stuff that we just so, for some reason yeah. cannot get. Crazy. And I and like one of my favorite episodes of Fringe ever is White Tulip and stars Peter Weller as a time traveler. Incredible, really? Yeah. Oh my god, that TV show is incredible. If anybody's never watched Fringe, go fucking watch Fringe. It's like X Files but better and good, amazing. Like it's like it's like X Files except they didn't you know veer off the edge at any point. It just keeps getting better. You <laughs> zoom tight with your little girly sneeze over there. <laughs> and I actually have quite a deep voice, yeah. so when that comes out, I'm a little bit surprised. <laughs> but like my uh, my fiance actually has laser sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's literally like yeah. My sneezes are, are like sneeze. volcanic explosions. Usually, yeah, yeah. Too. Anyway, yeah, of course. But, anyway, <laughs> so, she's, so he's got her. He's got her. He's, he's eventually he butts to her that what he wants to do, yeah, is combine them all into a single entity. Exactly because and that would be have the two. Well, technically three of them. Yeah, because the, technically four. If you want to get really technical, yeah, because he he believes that their humanity combined with his remaining humanity will outweigh the fly in them, and he can become they can become one like mother, father, child, yeah, all in one. one. Like. Yeah, exactly. He's lost. He's lost his mind. Like yeah. he's watched his body just fall apart. Like it pretty much, there's a part in this where he goes. Um, I think his ear falls off. And he walks over to, or maybe when his teeth fall out, he walks over to like a press that he has above a sink and he opens it and it's filled with all these body parts that have fallen off him. 
and he turns to her and he says, um, I think he says this, the National Natural History Museum of Brundle or something like that, or the Brundle Natural, Natural History Museum or something. That and then like you know like he's lost his mind like he's watched his body he's like he's he's watched his body you know mutate giving the cancer of cells been covering tumors literally yeah. body parts I'd have fall the common off. decency to go insane but yeah you know what I mean like so he's like as I said he's like he's just lost his mind at this stage but like Cronenberg never lets you forget there's a man within the monster throughout this no. last the closing of the movie so like he kidnaps Gina Davis's character Veronica and. He takes her away, and in uh, status, fuck, I just really want to call him Stannis every time. But he's in status, uh, comes there with like a gun, like a shotgun. He he goes there and then assembles the gun. That's the way I do it. Yeah, <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I go there. It's like once. Imagine if the fly is there, like Brundle fly is just standing in the room. He walks in, and he's just like one second. I just have to assemble yeah. my gun. <laughs> we're, just, we're just like. One, two, three, breach. Okay, so this bitch goes into It's like, yeah, the breach door. Assemble! <laughs> and, <then when> you <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're just in there, like, you know, flushing all the drugs down the toilet. Yeah. And they're like, no, this, no, it just, it just, Jack, it doesn't go in there. He <laughs> the attaches to B, not to C, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, yeah. Jeff. <laughs> This is like you. You always risk it. Yeah. <laughs> you never take the alpha into account, Jeff. Jesus. <laughs> this is why Linda left you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so like, uh, uh, Status goes, uh, assembles his gun, and, you know, sets about, you know, killing Brundle and Brundle flying, you know, saving the damsel in distress. And so, you know, typical Dave Cronenberg, he doesn't like the whole, like, you know, save the damsel and bullshit. So, um, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> so when he's going through the loft, we see the whole place is kind of you know wrecked. It's in a shambles, and um, he's going through there, and Brundlefly sneaks up on him, and pretty much bit, you know, takes the gun off and bitch slaps him, knocks him to the ground, and then grabs his hand, and what he calls it, he vomit drops because he calls it earlier on vomit dropping. Uh, yeah, so yeah, and, and he gets like his left arm or right leg or something. Yeah, because like yeah, he like down. Oh. What do you think the inconsistencies with the acid here? Well, I don't think it would deteriorate quite as quick. Yeah, as, as you know what I mean. It was, it was all I, over. I don't know, but everything's exacerbated by the fact that it was all over his shirt and stuff earlier, and it didn't burn through. Yeah. you know, and it was burning through the ground like xenomorph blood here in this scene. Like, yeah, it was the only thing about this film that I didn't find believable. <laughs> Uh, touche, I guess. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, no, but I, I yeah. mean, sometimes like even with like you know like whatever a super a Superman film yeah. or something like that, there are like things that all we know is with the information that we're yeah. given and this is and accept and this is there's stuff there's stuff there's stuff within. This is coming from a man that dissected three Spider-Man movies with me for like about six hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> short version of that was the second film was great. First film was groundbreaking. Special effects didn't hold yeah. up, and the third film should have never happened. Yeah, yeah. But there it all is in like ten seconds. But um, yeah, so like he he spits his acid onto your man's hand, and yeah, absolutely. And he's about to he's about to go for the kill. Yeah, which would be a face, uh, like you know, to, to destroy his face. Uh, but she she lets out a scream, and again, it's kind of one of these things where like you know to dive into the, the storytelling narrative industry. Just in, at this point, just just enough. 
of Brandon left just enough for him to like react to the voices of somebody he like he loves or yeah. cares for at the very least mm. the stress. Just enough. Yeah. It won't stop his him ultimately. He's far beyond that. Yeah. But it's just enough to at least it's, give him pause or something like that. She's the last chance he has of humanity, so she's kinda of like the yeah. best chance of reaching his last bit of humanity. Exactly. You know what I mean? But then he instantly kind of like although he doesn't go for the kill on status with a Brana is Status Baran. Yeah, status Baran. I Baran he puts her in the first the receiving pod. Yeah. And then then he but he gets into the send pod. And uh but because it's always that thing where uh he you, you like you know, you failed to kill me and that's on you. Yeah. Our our man status uh, shoots the circuitry. Yeah. So she like, manages to escape and he somehow fuses a bit with the fucking door. Yeah, he starts yeah, he starts coming out of his pod, um, but the countdown sequence continues. And as he uh, pretty much bursts out oh actually before this uh before the, he he Oh she yeah. pulls his jaw. Yeah, cause yeah, because yeah, yeah, he goes he goes over to her and he put she pulls his jaw off and um, I've seen uh, American Werewolf in London. I even love the transformation sequences in um, the Underworld movies. I just love what filmmakers do when they're uh, changing a human to a creature. This scene is fucking incredible. When, God dear. Yeah, when he changes from... Oh, God. Yeah. God dear. Insanely well done. Like, ridiculous. Considering the technology he had at his hand. Like, the transformation from the pretty much the, bl- the brundle fly becoming just the fly... I mean, he becomes the actual just the fly when she tears off his bottom jaw and pretty much like his like as if it's like a, a, a snake shedding skin or, or like a butterfly bursting out of a cocoon or something. His whole yeah. the, the pretty much the last remnants of his humanness, his humanity just wears away. His eyes pour out and you see insect eyes. You see the insect feet, like the insect the body. It's fucking incredible. It's like it's like. Definitely top four or five transformation sequences of all time. It's insane the technical ability that went into that like two three minute sequence. Where and not with like not with a fucking uh, Avengers budget or yeah. anything like that. Like oh, man, this uh, is practical. I know, I know I went nuclear to make a point. Yeah, um, just you know, that's this is where like in CGI it would look cool, but it wouldn't be impressive. That's the difference between oh, practical yeah, no. effect and special effects, isn't it? Really? Also, like I, I, I just, yeah, I know we're, we're having this conversation in twenty twenty one. Avengers, the first Avengers film, came out like ten years ago. Yeah, it's insane. Two thousand and eleven, I think. Two thousand. That's what I was thinking as well. Uh, it was two thousand eleven. So that's how, uh, that's how far into the, this kind of um, era of special effects we actually are. Yeah. And still, no, there's just something about the heart of it. It just, yeah, literally is just there. It's uh, not like oh, get the texture right, get the texture right, and like people and, put and green screen get you know it's not. It was just there. Yeah, like, exactly. It just it didn't. It wasn't a fly. Yeah, it was. You know, it just wasn't. Yeah, it was. It but it was there. It and it was dripping in. Yeah, viscous goo. Yeah, it's horrible. It's fucking awesome, man. Absolutely fantastic. Like and so pretty much. He's now the fly, like you know, the titular fly, the insect, like you know, he he shed his last, he's you know, he shed his skin and shit, and now he by far, yeah, there's yeah. not, there's and the design a, of the fly even is, smaller, yeah, it's, it's almost like the, the, the human, 
yeah. the human aspect of him is was a cocoon and it's just broken. Because where you would expect him to have had at least like a rib cage, uh, yeah, a jaw, you know, like a, a mandible, uh, you know, whatever. Even mm. if he was half human, half fly, it almost looked like it was. He was just a fly. Yeah, it was like a fly was the fly was wearing a man suit. Yes. And uh, at this point, oh god, man, oh, it's even hard to talk. Yeah, about. the design of the fly though is incredible as well. Like, you exactly. know what I mean? Just the look of it. It like... looks up, it looks up at her, and she's got hold of the shotgun now. And it absolutely no. no this... this is where he forces her into the into the pod. Where after he, he already said this. No, no, man no he remember he he became the fly before he shoves her into the pod. That's why I brought yes. you back. Oh yeah, sorry, I was just saying when he was fused with the door. Yeah. And everything like just just uh, it, it, at its most kind of grotesque, I guess. Yeah. But it looks up, and you can absolutely one hundred percent tell in nineteen eighty six, it's zero CGI. Yeah. You could, and it was hundred percent a fly. Jeff Goldblum was probably sitting behind the camera having a cup of coffee at the time. Yeah. He's got Jeff Goldblum probably not bawling his, his fucking eyes out because this seems so incredibly heartbreaking. Falling, he flies. Ah. <laughs> but, um, fucking soul go flying everywhere with him shaking his yeah. head, torment. <laughs> <laughs> but he, uh, but the fly looks up, and in 1986, they, they knew that that fly was just asking, literally asking for a mercy killing. Yeah, the way they fused the fly with the pod was incredible as well, and their exactly. master stroke and design. Like, oh my God. like you see the metal running through like a spinal cord. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it was awesome, and like. This scene is actually like where you. This is where we talked about, you know, if you appreciate your monsters, the time for the monster, when the time comes for the monster to inevitably die, you you're, you want to have an emotional reaction with your audience, and the the director's ability to convey that through this final sequence, where the fly grabs the nozzle of the gun, and sticks it to its head, because now he just he just wants to die, like you know what I mean? Yeah. He wants to just be put. What else is there? Yeah. What else is there? Yeah, and because even now he can't survive. Obviously, he's not going to integrate with some steel, yeah, or something like that. You know what I mean? Like this is it. And if there's even there's even one of those things because obviously it's a question that can't be answered, like you know, because there's no dialogue, there's no nothing. What was the flight thinking? But it makes enough clear to know, kill me. Yeah, exactly. Like, make yeah. make it stop. Yeah, and that man, it's hard to look. At. Yeah, because and and me and me and you, me and you would never should. We can't have a conversation for ten I, minutes without talking about the thing. Yeah, and stuff like that, like grotesque body horror, people being killed and stuff. But only because we love it, we found it to be one of the best and most entertaining films. It's it's something that me and you share. Um, but this film, it has all of those kind of aspects that the thing has, but it's literally hard it's like the thing meets happy foot from like, yeah. you know when the mother is dying yeah. <laughs> you know a little foot it's, isn't it happy happy foot. feet is happy foot's the penguin yeah. yeah sorry yeah with the the the, the pharrell williams song isn't it is that what yeah dancing if you're happy or some bullshit no but um like so like what i love about a good monster story is when the time comes for the monster to die uh, it's not like in a, if the the story's not told well when the monster gets killed it's a moment to triumph for the audience but if the story's told properly 
when the monster dies, it should be like a you know a heartbreaking moment. You should question yourself. You should question like the motives behind what created the monster, what made the monster you know lead that monster down the path, and how horribly heartbreaking it is that a person so brilliant could you know turn into a creature or create a creature. You know what I mean? Like, and there's also that really, really, really twisted point where um, there's something I empathize with a little bit, to be honest. But like in general, like if only something had gone. Tiny bit, yeah, like a fly didn't go in his teleport. Well, (laughs) it's huge, yeah, but is it like it's not something you account for? Like, it's you know, like the the butterfly effect, yeah, it's almost like because it had he, I don't know, had he had he literally just happened to be holding a newspaper and just seen something just swatted away, but gone with his business, he just would have been a multi multi millionaire rolling in. Yeah, you know, rolling in women probably had it, or maybe married uh, <laughs> Ronnie and rolling in women. <laughs> I've never heard rolling in women. I've never heard I, that term you know before. And, yeah, well, you know what? I've said it, and now I need to. Yeah. <laughs> rolling in women. <laughs> women are rolling in. Cash wants to be. In. <laughs> quit while you're behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quit while you're behind. But it, it was just that, like. It's just this one absolutely awful tragedy. Yeah. Like, really, really awful and unexpected. And, it, and it's always a thing where these absolutely brilliant, brilliant minds, mm. um, they're just something that they can't take into account. Cause they just don't. And it's something small. Yeah. It's something small that, like, like, I don't know how to build a machine that could take, break me down into essentially energy and reconstitute me somewhere else. Yeah. Couldn't even fathom it. I know I probably wouldn't want to be in the machine at the same time as a flight. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like even my dumb ass can, can wrap my head around that. Yeah. But it's something that you also can't account for. And it was just the way when you look at the film, like if you stand back from the film and yeah. look at it and go, that's just a good film. Yeah. No. Like if you, if you get over the, the horror aspects and the dark aspects and just say like if, if, if there was a way to judge films the way we judge wine, the way we judge food, it's a great film. Yeah, it just is. Yeah, that's like it's like what I touched on earlier was that like the these films were they're so much better than the, the ones that succeeded them was the gore, the creature is not just what the story is about. It's an element. No, no. It's an element of the story. Never you know? is a problem. Yeah, it's never is, but like the likes of Ridley Scott either. You know what I mean? Like uh, John Fair, Carpenter. Because, like something like a xenomorph is just being a xenomorph. Yeah, look, look. Steven Spielberg did Jaws. Jaws was the antagonist. Move the shark. Jaws, whatever. You know, the shark was the antagonist, and you didn't see it for like an hour because like it's all about you want to build fear. You want to portray. The, you want to have it to be a human story. Like you want it to be an element of the story, yeah, but that, you don't want it that's to be all. Of... Mean, mean you said this. I think. It was, I, I think it was off when we weren't recording. Yeah, but I said, like, if you, everyone talks about alien, and then aliens was the one with loads of aliens, and I was like, yeah. Is it? yeah, it had more, don't get me wrong, yeah, a lot more. Everyone talks about it about that being like an overrun planet, like a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for, a, a commune or whatever, yeah, it's colony. Body. A colony, yeah, LV246. I'm pretty sure his name, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. Impressive, yeah, I think well, that's right. But anyway, he, um, and I met Michael Bean from that, for, like, and I had a whole chat with him about it. Uh, and uh, and you, you're the one who knows that, so that, that that's heart engine. But uh, but he, uh, but um, sorry, LV, LV426. I was so close. No, nah, I, no, nah, I, I, you get 10 points out of 10. Points. <laughs> that's, just, that's just a random thing to know, it's quite impressive. Yeah. But anyway, it, um, it was clever storytelling. 
and this is it like we were saying this we we've done a few of these now and you said at the start that it's one thing that's reminiscent uh resonating with me now is that this will be like when we talked about reanimator and the thing that we've talked about as just mates off is that reanimator was this film where you could almost make a play of it yeah where you could if you got 20, uh, 20 people together and I need stagehands. Yeah, I can't stop play. thinking about turning that into a play, to be honest with you. Yeah, you know. Uh, it's I would just love that it actually that. takes place in in so few places, yeah. involving so few characters, and not necessarily, it doesn't lean on any CGI. Mm. Uh, it, the set pieces are very small, but the story is huge. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, and again, I, I, sorry, I I, know, I I said I'm going to say Avengers game. I just think that's so nuclear. Yeah. Because you know it, it takes place. It's it's like the Guardians of the Galaxy meets Thanos meets Thor. Yeah. From you know an ethereal plane to meet Tony Stark a super genius. You know, yeah. like it's it's so it's it's so it's so many moving parts. Yeah, it's so many moving parts on such huge scales. Yeah. I I just always think that that's my end game. Yeah. For, for making, for example, is it really your in game? Oh, <laughs> this fucking guy! This fucking this fucking guy walked into it like Loki walking into Tannis's deck grip. Oh my god! <laughs> There's no way anyone's going to believe I did. That on purpose. And I don't even think I did do that on purpose. There's yeah. no way that I wasn't. That's literally what Marvel are thinking about the MCU. Is like everybody's going to think we did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> fell ass over. But no, it, it was the actual. It, it, it's a film of set pieces. Yeah, it's slightly more than Reanimator. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, but more dark, more dark than yeah. Reanimator. But like, I can imagine like somebody coming to me with that screenplay. And saying, you know, just say, let's just say I was a producer, I was a money man. I'm not saying I could do it well, I'm just saying yeah. I could imagine it. I'm kind of going, right, what about like the bar scene? And it's like, all right, well, here's my idea for the bar scene. Then you could go, all right, what about the second test with the monk, with the baboon? Yeah. Or what about this? You know, like it's just like I feel like with three or four words, I could take somebody to exactly where I need them to be in the story. Yeah. Because it's not, there's not that many set pieces. There's everything that happens, just like 10 things. They're all integral to the story and the all time. Like, in. most of the best horror movies run underneath two hours long. Like, 90% of them run 90 minutes long. Like, that's like that's why these, right, yeah. that's why these movies like uh, appeal so much in a watchability thing. They're, they're not a huge commitment. And if they're a really good movie, you're going to get a really good story in 90 minutes. That's like two episodes of The Flash. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's, ni- it's 90 minutes. Like, so you could either go and sit and watch two episodes of The Flash, which, don't get me wrong, I've seen... You know, all of the Flash, but yeah, I'm a geek. I'll watch out all the superhero shit they throw at me. But like, oh, I had the you, you know what I mean? I, uh, man, the way I looked at it in totally off topic, but the way I look at it with superhero things, there's like there was a period in time where we didn't have anything. So now that that we have so much, we should just watch it while it lasts. It's it's it, you know it's it's a hard point to argue. Yeah, you know. So, uh, oh, but like I mean, to me, all that matters is that you're being entertained. Yeah, exactly. And you know, some and with the Flash, that happens sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Arr, bitchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, no, like so, like yeah, like the the these movies, ninety minutes long, is you know you only have three or four major sequences in the film, and that's all you really need because uh, the thing about this is it's going to escalate so quickly, it's going to fall apart, and they do that f- clever little four week time jump. They do clever little time jumps here and there in the movie, so like even though the movie is only ninety minutes long, it. it covers a lot of ground to show that you know the de- deterioration in you know Seth Brund- uh, Brundle so like I, I like the whole movie I think is really really clever like every, they use their time really well 
and they held off brilliantly until they showed us the, the fly in its full grotesqueness and it was a really really good payoff and this is what like old movies do that new movies don't they hold off they hold off and hold off and the big reveal is fucking working in the end because you've seen the process and you've waited for it and for the build tension to the state like you know the xenomorph and alien the uh, the shark and jaws the predator in predator you know where you hold off you build tension you build tension of course you do. and then it's working i mean I, I, it's almost like it's almost like sometimes you're watching films like this and you're waiting for it. I, 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 the best example I can take was the absolutely unacceptable 43, 44 minutes in the awful um, Eric Banner's Hulk. Yeah. Uh, um, see the Hulk. Where he fights uh, a giant speaking... poodle. Yeah. What the fuck, yeah, guys? Fights a giant Couldn't think of um, Literally pick anything else. Literally pick anything. Yeah, and anything like a wolf. Else. Like in, the, in all of the world. Like literally, in yeah. all of the world. Like a poodle. Like, Come on, guys. A beetle, he, a, yeah. fucking Herc a Hercules beetle. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? You know, whatever. You literally got Eric Bana, a world class actor, and you're going to make him fight a poodle. Okay, whatever. And a world class director. You know what I mean? Ang Lee. That's just as a, it's a whole other conversation yeah, yeah. for a whole other day. Yeah. But anyway, um, I don't think Ang Lee like, got it, what the It doesn't fuck work. Yeah. It doesn't work. But there's something about Finn and Hurt out. You're like, oh, just show me the Predator, just show me the, the Xenomorph. But when it does, you realize you have to. Yeah, you need to though. Like you read the foreplay, just was 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 important. Yeah, because otherwise, like imagine a film, imagine Alien Man, and a, a late seventies film, open up with an alien going boom, and then it's just like that's what we look like. That's that's our deal. Yeah, and, you know we've got the tensile tail with a spear kind of ending. We've got this uh, mouth fucking yeah. mouth on our tongue thing going on, and you're kind of going, oh, all right. The, the, you know, like the, the the sheer scope of the danger. Yeah, in in the fly was was really the was, way it tied right into how the way I look at it is that like when you get these really top level filmmakers and stuff that like they build up these creatures in your imagination. You're like your imagination runs wild. What's the final stage of this metamorphosis going to be? What's what's this creature going to be on board in Nostromo? What's this alien going to be like that's in the middle of the jungle hunting these like you know top level soldiers, or whatever these green braids? You know what I mean? And by the time you see it, um, if the director has done his job, it's even more than you could have ever imagined. Nobody, apart from H.R. Giger, nobody could have imagined the Xenomorph. Nobody no. could imagine the Predator on, on apart from the people that incredible uh, Stan Winston probably I think yeah. worked on Predator and Stan Winston. I didn't know like when he took off that mask. That's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, you know what I mean, like at all. Uh, you know, like like who could like? It's just the thing is you you can imagine all you want. Um, if the director lets you down is when your imagination has done a better job than theirs. Like if they, you know what I mean. So as long as they're yeah, you know what I mean. So when you look at the fly, when even to this day, because it's been a couple of years since I've seen it, when I seen it shed its skin and become fully the fly, that's fucking mind bogglingly good. Like it just you look at it, it's just like I couldn't, I didn't imagine that. I couldn't imagine that. Even when you rewatch it, when you look at the thing, it's like the way those creatures, um, when they assimilate or when they're like, you know, like mid transformation or where they, you know, separate from the body, the way those designs, you can't imagine that. And no matter how hard you try, it's they when they make it scarier than something you can imagine, that's when they've done their job. You know what I mean? Like so, when you have like John Carpenter's the thing, you know, and uh, is it John McTiernan? I think directed the Predator and. Like, and you got, you know, uh, Ridley Scott's Alien. And, like, when you get the big reveal in those movies, just like Dave Cronenberg's The Fly, and this way it's such a good movie that their imagination um, outpaced my own or your own or whoever. 
and it, the reveal paid off because of that and the creature was you have to tip your cup yeah. you have to tip your cup yeah sometimes you just say you I you shit just do. He, I didn't see that coming you know like, like if you're going to shit on a film and the shit on a film is bad and God knows that I would spend more energy shitting on a film than plodding the film yeah because there's something so well if it's a film I, I invest in yeah because God knows that is devastating yeah. A good film is like, ah, oh, God, that I really, really enjoyed that. And that's the amount of energy you put it into it. But yeah. when you really look forward to something and it was shit. Yeah. It's devastating. You off it's, it, it really does. Yeah. It's a stronger energy. Yeah. You know, it is. Like, it's a stronger energy. Yeah. And that and this film, social like, media I, I, in a nutshell, like hate is yeah, a stronger well, energy. Media in a nutshell. Oh, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. Fucking could not be yeah. right. That's why I'll never. Have a Facebook. It's well, never, yeah. I'll never delve any further than that. Yeah. And I barely use that. Like, um, but um, well, you'll have to start using it to sell this fucking podcast. No, Jesus. This fucking guy. Yeah. Anyone because that's, that's <laughs> my charm. Yeah, Goldberg or Goldblum all over them. <laughs> So what are we done? Are we going to talk some more about this film, or are we fucking? Do you want to wrap it up? Yeah, yeah well, sh- I, we, sh- I just realised we're approaching two hours. Yeah. So, Noel, do you have any more thoughts on the fly? Yes, um, and I'm going to keep them simple. The fly is a type of film that, in narrative and execution, we don't really see now. And while I would certainly like to, I'm not sure how it would fly. Oh yeah, God! This fucking guy. <laughs> oh God! I did it again. Yeah. Actually, he didn't mean to. I'm trying trying to make a serious point from that. But I don't know how we would fly because there's just something Michael Bayish that people just expect from films. Now. Yeah. And the fly is not. It's 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 you know it's a slow roast. It it takes you to places. It's it's cerebral in a way. Yeah. Um, that I just don't think really works now, and that's a disappointment to me. Well. If you look at, I know I said this earlier, but Guillermo del Toro, like I think he shares a real love for his monsters, and he tells human stories. I agree with you there. Yeah, uh, I, I I agree with you there. Yeah, he tells human stories in the guise of creature features, you know. So, like, he I think does, there, yeah. there's definitely, and the, the thing is, he uses practical effects a lot too. If you look at the design of his monsters, which is, you know, it gives huge texture to his movies. It's like, you know, it is a problem with CGI people. We need to calm down the CGI. We need to bring back the fucking monsters. You know what I mean? So, like, Noel, after ter- 20, how many years? 30, 35 years? 35 how do you, years. How do you think this fucking movie's aged? Oh, my God. I, I feel like a fine wine would be yeah. understating it. There's nothing about this film that's lost. Yeah. There's nothing about this film that just doesn't work. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that just doesn't work. And especially when we've reached into a kind of very heavy cancel culture era, yeah, uh, a very hypersensitive era. I find, and I'm a very left leaning guy, yeah, but I, I do. I, I, if we're in this hypersensitive era, do you have like a peg leg that you're left leaning? Yeah, yeah. Ah, come on, come on, some pirate humor yeah. there, people. Pirate, <laughs> pirate humor. Uh, but I don't think, even still, this film just it, it just does work. Yeah, it just does. It's just a clever, it's a well-told story with charming characters uh, who are well-casted in their roles. Yeah. And it doesn't, it's actually very cerebral without being very um, daunting. Yeah. It doesn't take place in too many 
settings it because the story is just about a small bunch of characters yeah so no matter how far they take that like especially jeff goldblum no matter how far they take that you can follow them yeah so they're not they're not they're not literally trying to introduce you to this you know the entire world the sun moon the stars any of that it's that it's a it's a very self-contained genie in a bottle kind of story. yeah complex story um, told simply exactly and uh no man there's nothing we could we could talk about this film in 30 years time yeah we really could. Yeah, because this is the thing with the the golden age of horror, ageless movies really aren't they? Yes, ageless like they're future proof. Yeah, um, but some of them like some of them obviously like you, you know you take something with a lot of practical effects like maybe the Freddy or yeah. or, 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 or or something like that, and maybe you could like just say oh practical effects have come further or something. But I don't think if like if the men if I heard tomorrow the remake of the fly, I cannot tell you yeah how loudly I would shout from a mountaintop. Why? Yeah. Why? On 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 what basis? Yeah, I'd be the same I way, and then one hundred percent go see it in the cinema if it was open. Like, <laughs> no, no, like, no, like an absolute goddamn train. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make the fight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a fucking train. Yeah. Like, no, like, I, I hundred percent. No, but I, I wouldn't. I honestly yeah. could genuinely say that I couldn't perceive why this film would need to be remade. Yeah, and like thirty-five years later. And I think, like, you know, um, it kind of, if you look at a movie like Mimic, I think, which was directed by Guillermo del Toro, and the style of his creature. And, and that the, was 97. Yeah, he went to that in the cinema. Yeah, and the style of his creature, and that was definitely influenced by um, Brundlefly or yes. the fly itself, you know. And, like, yes. and this is another thing with these two directors, the more I think about it, are very similar in, in many ways. Um, but, like, so, Noel, will we get the fuck out of here? Do you want to... Tell the good folks what we're going to be doing in the next episode and um, we get out here. Folks, thank you for being with us here this evening on Invasion of the Potty Snatchers. We had an absolutely awesome time talking with the fly. My God, it takes... It took years off my life and it, and it ended up giving me years of my life back. I absolutely loved it. Next week, we are going to do Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. We'll see you Tuesday. <laughs> I'm Noel John Tui, and this is my partner in crime, Vinnie Green. Peace out, y'all. Jeff Goldblum is glistening. <laughs> y'all go back. Y'all come back here now. You hear? <laughs> Flawless. Flawless American accent. Right. Just sign off. On that. We're out. <laughs>